Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, as well as those listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee. And recently, we added, uh, we, we now have a great partnership with a great network of radio stations called Radio by Grace. And so some of you out there have only started hearing us uh, more recently. We've been having a lot of listeners from the southern United States, especially from like Amarillo, Texas, all the way over to Florida. We've been getting some callers from Georgia and Tennessee and those states down there. And we're so glad to have you guys um, really excited about this partnership with Radio by Grace. Um, they have a lot of stations all over the U.S. And so a lot of people have recently joined our Calvary Live listening family, which we're really excited about. So welcome to all of you, wherever you're tuning in from. And uh, we just want to remind you of a few things. One of them is that those of you who are listening on Grace FM here in Colorado and Wyoming, you are hearing the show live. Um, today is Friday, November 12th. Absolutely beautiful fall day here in Colorado. Very warm today, uh, especially towards uh, the latter part of the day. It was really great. But for those of you listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and Radio by Grace, you are hearing us on a one-week delay. So we just want you to be aware of that, but we don't want it to ever hinder you from being part of the show. We still want you to call in. We just want you to keep in mind that as you call in live, that you what you hear on your radios is about a week, well, it is a week um, later live. But I, I also would encourage everybody to consider that as a really unique opportunity because the opportunity you have, those of you who listen on delay, is just that you can tell somebody, you know, when you call in, you have your question answered, maybe you hear something and you say, that was really good. Then you get the opportunity to tell somebody else and say, hey, um, you should tune into this. It's going to be really good. Here's the time. Here's the station. And my hope is that as we do that, as we spread the word through word of mouth and tell people to tune in, maybe it's to hear hear you calling in, or maybe it's to hear um, something that you really enjoyed on the show, that that will help those people discover that station. And we know that as the Word of God goes out, it never comes back void. It always accomplishes that which God sends it out to do. And we believe that God's Word is living and active. And so we want people to hear it because it's through the hearing of God's Word that they can have faith. And so, uh, yeah, I just love the fact that we're on the airwaves and that more and more across the country and all over the world, even through the internet. So welcome as well to those of you who are listening online, whether it's on the Grace FM mobile app. So if you have that, um, you, if you don't have that, you should definitely get it totally free. Get it on your phone and on your tablet. You can listen anywhere in the world, anytime you want. And 
Um, we have listeners listening internationally today as well. So welcome to those of you. I see one listener in Europe, and we have listeners all over the United States as well tuning in online. So you can get the mobile app. Just type in Grace FM as one word, no spaces in your search engine on your uh, device, whatever app store or Google Play uh, app store that you use. And, you know, the other thing you can do is you can also just go to gracefm.com and you can listen there on the website just by cl clicking the button to listen live. And there's actually another way that you can listen in your homes. Because you know, I know more, less and less people have actual physical over-the-air radios, but more and more people have internet devices. And so if you have a smart speaker in your house, you can actually tell it to listen to Grace FM. And it will tune in and you'll be able to listen to this show or you can listen to um, any of the other great programming that is on Grace FM. So for like Alexa or, um, you know, your Google devices in your home, Google smart speakers or your Apple smart speakers, you just say play Grace FM and it comes right up. But also be praying for us because we're working on getting those other stations, right? So Hope FM, Truth FM, and particularly Radio by Grace, we're working on getting them to be live so they won't be on delay uh, maybe later this year or early next year. So that's in the works. I got to tell you, the people who are working at Grace FM and making uh, all these things happen with Calvary Live and with these partnerships and uh, all these things, man, they are doing a fabulous job. So be praying for them because there's a lot of people behind the scenes. You guys hear my voice on Fridays, but you don't see the people behind the scenes. They're doing a fabulous job and and really excited about what they're doing to get the Word of God out there for people to listen to it. So again, today you're listening to Calvary Live. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible. This is the show where you can call in with your prayer requests. We want to pray for you. Maybe there's something you've been reading in the Bible that you've always wondered about or you have questions about. This is a show where you can call in. We have pastors standing by every weekday, taking those calls, answering those questions you have. So the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Here's what I recommend. I recommend saving those numbers in your phone. So like, let's say you're driving, right? And you're in a place where you can actually write it down. Uh, without, you know, endangering the lives of other people around you, then write those numbers down, put them in your phone, and just have them there so that when you are ready, and maybe you don't, you're like, oh, what's the number? When's the, when's the host going to say the number again? You'll already have it stored in your phone. So again, the call-in line, 303-690-3000. So 303-690-3000, or text us at 720 336 0897. We've been having a lot of calls the last few times that I've hosted, which I love. I love answering your Bible questions. I love, um, I love, yeah, praying for your prayer requests. And so uh, give me a call. But here at the beginning of the show is always kind of the best time to call in. It's the time when it's um, easiest to get on because here at the beginning of the show, we have all open lines and it's a, you can get on almost right away. So again, the number to call 303 six nine zero three thousand or you can text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Just a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And we are a Calvary Chapel affiliated church here in this 
great city just down the road from Boulder and uh, just a few miles north of Denver, just a little bit south of Fort Collins. And so if you are in the Longmont, Colorado area, we'd love to um, have you come and worship with us this Sunday or any Sunday. Uh, if you're within driving distance of Longmont or if you're within, um, you know, any of the surrounding communities, we where we're located as a church is really convenient for those who are coming from other communities. So where we're located, we're located right on uh, Highway 119, which is the main road from I-25 into downtown Longmont. And um, and we're right east of County Line Road, which connects us to Berthoud, and it connects us to Mead and Erie. And so just being where we are right off of I-25, but and a little bit east of city center of Longmont, really accessible right on Highway 119, which is again the main road here. So our address is 2950 Colorful Avenue, 2950 Colorful Avenue here in Longmont, Colorado. And we are just on the north side of Highway 119, which is also called Ken Pratt Boulevard here in Longmont. And just on the other side of the highway, so we're just opposite of Sandstone Ranch Community Park, which is the big sports complex here on the east side of Longmont. There's also a big Walmart here uh, that a lot of people know. And and so if you are in, let's say, if you're in Lyons or Berthoud, if you're in Mead or Frederick, Firestone, Decono, if you're in Loveland, or if you are in, um, let's see, Lafayette, Erie, Boulder, if you're in Niwot, um, any of these surrounding communities, or even we have people who come as far as like Thornton and places like that because we're, we're right off I-25, we'd love to have you join us and worship. This Sunday, particularly, I'd love to have you join us because we have a guest speaker in town. His name is Dominic Doan, and he's somebody that I I have known about and like looked up to for a long time and recently got to make his acquaintance personally. And Dominic wrote a book about, uh, let's see, two years ago called When Faith Fails, Finding God in the Shadow of Doubt. And what he's going to be talking about this Sunday, he, he's got some statistics on doubt and faith, right? And so uh, I looked at some of his notes. Two-thirds of Christians say that they struggle with doubts when it comes to believing in God or believing in the Bible. And furthermore, even more people who are not Christians, they struggle with doubt. And a lot of people who are raised as Christians right now, this is uh, reached kind of almost epidemic proportions where people are talking about deconstructing their faith and people who grew up believing or maybe believed at one point in their life are now questioning their faith and being encouraged to do so. And so they're deconstructing, meaning like taking it apart and sometimes in that process, it never gets put back together. And so the question is this, how do we help people who are deconstructing their faith? How do we help you if you are doing that? How do we deal with it if we are dealing with pervasive or perpetual doubts when it comes to believing God or believing in the Bible? I know myself, personally, I've struggled with doubts, even as a pastor. I, it hasn't been recently. It was a couple of years ago when I first started pastoring. I remember this nagging doubt came into my mind. How do I know this is actually true? How do I know God really exists? Maybe this is just all made up. And so what do you do with that? How do you work through it and come out on the other side with more faith? Listen, this is an important question that a lot of young people are dealing with, but not just young people. So we want to encourage you, come out this Sunday, listen to what Dominic has to say. Uh, he's a fabulous speaker, really. He, he started a nonprofit recently called Finding Faith. And he's encouraging people to find faith in the shadow of doubt. And it's just 
such a timely, important message for our time. So I want you guys to come out. We have three services on Sunday. You can come to any of them, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. So 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11. 9.30 and 11 a.m. services have childcare. So we would love for you to bring your kids with you and worship. The 8 a.m. service is a family service. Kids are also welcome at that. Um, our website, so you can find directions and everything else you need, is whitefieldschurch.com. So whitefieldschurch.com. You can find out more information about who we are, what we're all about, and you can get directions to come and be with us this Sunday. Again, our address, for those of you who have it, is um, 2950 Colorful Avenue here in Longmont, Colorado. Okay, with that, let's go to our callers. Matthew in Williamstown, New Jersey. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the program. Hi, can you hear me well? I can hear you great. Hey, uh, I actually had a prayer request, and, and I also wanted to answer that, that, that doubt and that faith question. Uh, I called upon the Lord for my knees. I actually, it took me to cry this past year. I've cried more than I ever have. And even though things have gotten so tough, it, I thank the Lord because he keeps my heart on him. And I've been reaching out to random people, praying with them, reaching out to people, reading the word with them. Uh, there's never been a more beautiful walk in my life than allowing everything to just crush me and be on my knees and, and be in total need for Jesus. I actually was talking about Jesus one day, and, and a stranger walked up to me, came around the corner and said, I have to tell you this. When I was, I don't know, 39, it was, you know, it was probably about 59, I hurt my back really bad. I was laying in bed, and I was watching the 700 Club, and I called out to the name Jesus Christ to heal my back, and it was something that I never considered doing. And just like you see in a book or you hear on TV and you're like, I, I can't believe that fully. You know, it would be great to believe that. This man, out of nowhere, he had no, no reason to sell me anything, no reason to lie. And he came out of, the, out of nowhere and decided that he was going to tell me his story. And he didn't even offer to pray. He didn't offer a Bible verse. He just walked away after that. He had nothing to sell. And it was just amazing because I had been asking God for true faith, true reasons to believe, even more so than I already do because, you know, it just feels like, even though we're in the biblical timeline, according to the end times, we don't want it to happen. We don't want our loved ones. We don't care about Christ to perish. We don't want so, these bad Matthew, things to happen, even though we long for the future. Matthew, thank, thanks for so, sharing that. Let me ask you a question. Your, your prayer request, I see that you have an aunt who is on a yeah. ventilator right now? Yes, I do. I'm sorry, I got off topic. Um, an aunt that I uh, grew up very close with, uh, Unfortunately, we haven't seen each other much, you know, as you get older. And she is on a ventilator. She had fought basically stubbornly through prayer and through believing that she's not going to get any sicker for a couple of weeks. And lo and behold, she actually passed out in the house. And uh, everybody in the house has COVID. It's a terrible time for them right now. There's nine people living in a four-bedroom house. Wow. And uh, okay. she's the elder. She's the matriarch in the family on that side of the family and. Anyway, she she ended up having to go to the hospital, and her lungs were in terrible condition. They put her on a ventilator. She did not get to say goodbye to her family. Mm. And um, okay, well let's let's pray for her, Matthew. And the good news is, we have a lot of people listening right now, and they're all going to join with us in prayer. So, to you out there who are listening, please join with me and let's agree in prayer and ask for God to intervene uh, on behalf of Matthew's aunt. Let's pray. Lord, we pray for Matthew's aunt. Um, Lord, we thank you for her life. Thank you that she does have 
nine people around her who love her and care about her. But Lord, as these people are sick, uh, we now just beseech you. We call out to you in Jesus' name, knowing, number one, that you are able and capable in your power, but Lord, also that you are willing to hear our prayers and answer them in your love. And so, Lord, we pray for Matthew's aunt. We do pray, Lord, that she would come off of the ventilator, that she would be healed and well, Lord, that she would have many more years to bring glory to your name and to walk with you. Lord, we also pray for the other eight people in the house living there with COVID. Lord, we pray that you would cleanse their bodies, not only of this virus, but we pray that you would cleanse their bodies of um, whatever else it has led to, whether that's pneumonia, inflammation, etc. Lord, we pray for full health for them. And Lord, we pray that you would use them in their lives. And as they recover from it, Lord, may they just have this true, deep understanding that the reason why you've preserved their lives is because you have more for them to do in this world. There are other ways that you want to use them to know you, but also to glorify you through their actions. So Lord, thank you for Matthew, for his faith. And Lord, thank you that we can be brothers and sisters with him and lift this up to you as the family of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Matthew, for calling in. God bless you. And we'll be praying for your aunt going forward. Yeah, thank right. you very much. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. With the end of that call, we have one open line. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. You can always text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Rob in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Rob. Welcome to the program. Hey, Nick. Um, <laughs> this is kind of ironic that I'm uh, bringing this up after what you just said and, and prayed, but it's Matthew 18. And I've since, I, I've actually got to repent for having used a, a couple of these verses out of context. Um, I realize now that it's talking about church discipline, Um Whenever two or three of you are gathered, there I am in your midst. I used to just pray that out of context. And the same thing with uh, whenever two or three of you agree. But, w yeah, could you just talk about, um, you know, how we can actually use that in context? And maybe does it have other applications? So I do, th I do think that it is a right application. You know, although it's not the immediate context to say that when this ver what this verse says, and by the way, it's Matthew 18, verse 20, for anybody out there who wasn't quite sure. And it just says, you know, it's a very famous verse, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. But if you back up a little bit, and this is what Rob's alluding to, that the context in which this is found happens to be the same passage where Jesus talks about what to do in the instance when somebody sins against you and you need to confront them about their sin. And, you know, it says first go to them in person, one-on-one. -on -one. Next, go to them um, with one or two other people with you if they still refuse to repent and reconcile. And the third one is then you got to bring it before the church. And then verse 18 is really important. It says, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So I do think that that is a standalone principle. Um, I think it is important to take it in the context in, in which it is given. You know, it has to do with 
church discipline. And, and yet, uh, I think it's an important verse for our day and age and in particular our culture because we live in a place that's so focused on ourselves and individual, right? We ta always talk about you need to have a personal relationship with God. And I think that's absolutely true. You do need to have a personal relationship with God. Um, nobody else can do that for you. On the other hand, to be a Christian isn't only to have a personal relationship with God. It's also to become part of the body of Christ. It's to be part of the people for whom Jesus died, whom he is redeeming. And so if we, if we focus on the personal relationship with God to the neglect of the people of God and the, the church community, we've totally missed the point. And that is uh, what, what's so important about these verses. What they tell us is that Jesus has a special relationship with the gathered church. So that tells us a few things. Jesus loves the church. We know that from so many verses that I could rattle off right now. Um, the other one is that not only does Jesus love the church, but the church, it's super important that we gather, right? Because we're the body of Christ. The parts of the body need to come together in order to be the body. I mean, we can be the parts of the body and the body while we're in our own locations. Um, but that's not the ideal. The ideal is that we need to come together. And when we are, he is present among us. The same idea is found in the Old Testament and the Psalms, that, that God inhabits the praises of his people, that he is there in the midst of the congregation, that when we come together, like Peter says, that we are living stones come together to make a temple for the Holy Spirit. These are all, you know, the metaphor is super clear. We are to gather. We are to, as individuals, be gathered together as one. And when we do that, God has a special way of relating to us. Right. Well, you know, the, the binding and loosing part also tripped me up a lot. I, I took it out of context. And, and one day I, I, I kind of asked myself, well, if I'm always binding the, the devil, who's letting them loose? Nah. You know? It, it 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 just kind of seemed like I was using this spiritual uh, spell or, or something. Oh, you know, I don't really want to go there. But do you do you see what I understand? You see what I mean? That I yeah completely misunderstood it for many oh, years. Right. Because even though I read the context and I understood the context, I still would just jump to those words because they seem to apply out of context. But, uh, yeah, thanks. No, I, uh, yeah, once again, you know, you've nailed it. I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, awesome, Rob. And, um, hey, I look forward to seeing you this weekend. What, what our listeners may not know, Rob, is that we know each other. And, actually, you ran slides for me this past Sunday, and I heard that uh, there were a lot of slides. So I apologize. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to blame that on somebody else, but I won't name him. Okay. I hope he's not listening. All right. Love you, brother. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. With the end of that call, again, as always, we have one open line, so give us a call, 303 690 3000. That's 303 690 uh, Just got a text from somebody that says, I'm glad Rob has a great church. Well, me too. I'm glad that, uh, that Rob 
has a good church too. Let's go to our next caller, Phil in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Phil. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, my question was about um, was about God's holiness, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I was um, wondering uh, if, um, like it says, uh, "Be perfect as, as I am, am perfect," um, and, and um, <clears throat> if the method of redemption had to be to make us holy. So, because if God couldn't be in relationship, my my thought is, if God can't be in relationship with us until we're holy, he. It was only through um, through the redemption of Jesus that we were made holy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess I kind of wanted to, um, I, I guess I was wondering if the, the method of redemption had to be uh, the cross because um, it's the only way that we could be made holy and it wouldn't, we wouldn't be made holy through our good works or anything else. Yeah, so no, I'm totally with you. It had to be the cross in order to make us holy. Um, and I, I'll explain a little bit of that really quickly. But um, certainly we couldn't do it in our own good works. And that's made clear to us in many places in Scripture. So let me, let me just start by saying this. Um, there is a, there's three ways in which we need to understand what it means that God is making us holy, right? So there's the past tense present tense, and the future tense. And you could put it this way, in the past, right, God has, and he declares this throughout the Bible, that in Christ, we are made holy, we are made righteous, perfect. And what does that mean? Because I'm still sinning, right? Like I still sin, I still have thoughts that are bad, I still sometimes do things that are wrong. How is it then, if I'm holy, that I'm still doing those things? Well, you understand that's a positional holiness, right? So it's like God rubber stamps your paper and says, you are holy. That is your status before him. Like if he had a spreadsheet in his computer and he pulled up your name and he checked your status, you know, what is your status? Your status is holy and perfect, right? You're in Christ. And then the, the, what that's called is imputation in the Bible. It's called imputation. And a great verse about this is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe it's verse 21, where it says that he, God, made him, Jesus, who was without sin, to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So in other words, God, in essence, put your sin on Jesus and took Jesus's righteousness and put it on you. It'd be like, you know, if he, if he had a, a document you know, and yours said sinful, and Jesus has said perfect, and he scratched out Jesus' name and wrote in your name on his paper and did the same thing on your paper. That's what it means that we're positionally um, made holy and perfect. Now, on the other hand, in the present, we are being sanctified, right? So he is sanctifying us. He is transforming us moment by moment into the image of his Son, in practical ways. So we're not who we ought to be yet, but we're not who we used to be if we're walking with Jesus. And then there's a future fulfillment of this when we will be made holy and perfect. We're totally without sin in the resurrection that is to come when we'll have new bodies and we'll be in the new heavens and new earth. And so at, at the same time, like we have Matthew 5, 48, right? It says, Therefore, be perfect just as your heavenly Father is perfect. We have Old Testament examples that say the same thing. Be holy as God is holy. What that means is 
don't don't be like okay with the fact that oh hey i guess i still just sin and that's that's okay and i just give myself a pass no 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 we're shooting for we're aiming for the holiness of god that's who we want to be we want to be like our dad right as good kids and yet we sometimes miss the mark and that's actually what the word sin means it means to miss the mark and in in those times, right, God has already declared us in Christ. So as long as we're in Christ, we're still holy and righteous in his sight. That's why he's able to have relationship with us. Now, we, we could, uh, I, I want to hear your, your response to this, but uh, we have 30 seconds until our two-minute break. So, Phil, if you're willing to hold, um, two minutes break, and then we'll come back to you. And if you feel like your question's been answered, then you can drop during the break, and that would be fine. Um, I'll just give the number to call for anybody listening, and then we're going to go to our break. You're listening to Calvary Live. The number to call, 303-690-3000. We'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Um, we have full lines today, which I love. I love answering your questions and uh, hearing the things that you guys are wrestling through as you walk with Jesus and lifting up your prayer requests to the Lord. Um, I'll give you the number to call just in case you hear somebody drop. You can Jump in there and give us a call when you hear that call end. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Right before the break, we were talking with Phil from Aurora. And Aurora, um, or sorry, Phil was asking about redemption and is redemption intended to make us holy or perfect? I had a few more thoughts, but I also want to give Phil the chance to respond to that before we move on. So Phil, are you still here? Yes. Awesome. So, Phil, did you have any response to that? And then I do have one more thing that I wanted to talk about in that in that same vein. Yeah, I was uh, so so. God couldn't just say, you know, couldn't just wipe our sin away and just say, boys will be boys and girls will be girls because nobody, you know, because we'd still be sinners and we wouldn't be. And I guess my because God is holy and perfect, He can't be in full relationship with a sinful person. Yeah, no, these are super good questions you're asking, Phil. Man, I love it. This is the kind of stuff we study in theology, you know? So you would really get a lot out of, like, a good systematic theology book. Uh, There's some really good ones out there I can recommend when we're done. Um, But I'll just answer your question real quickly. And the answer is this. Why does God need to punish Jesus on the cross, right? And here's the answer is because God has revealed his nature— And you got to understand that essentially the Old Testament is full of one big tension. And that tension is this. Who will God turn out to be in the end? Will God turn out to be a God of judgment or will he turn out to be a God of mercy? Because here's the thing that the Bible, as it reveals, as God reveals who he is to us, we realize that there are these two parts of his character which seem to be in conflict with each other. Okay, and the, the, here's what they are. God reveals himself. One of the greatest passages for this, by the way, and, and like definitive passages that's repeated throughout the Bible, is in Exodus chapter 30, 
I always forget this. It's 34. Yeah, so Exodus 34. Here's what happens. It says that um, Moses asks, God, can I see your glory? He goes up on the Mount Sinai. And God's like, hey, if you saw my glory, like you would die. And he says, okay, well, it, is there something I can see? And God says, I'll let the train, right, the tail end, the afterglow of my glory be visible to you. And so that, so Moses has to like hide in this little crack in the rocks. And so that, you know, to protect him from dying, from the overwhelming, you know, power of the light and glory of God. So then it says, verse six of Exodus 34, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Now check this out. But by no means clearing the guilty, but visiting iniquity, you know, on people. Okay, so wait a second. Aren't those two things like kind of the opposite? Like some people would be like, man, I really love that verse until the end, you know? But you got to understand that those things are not in... Well, let's put it this way. On the one hand, God says, I am merciful. On the other hand, God says, but I'm also a God of justice. In order for God to be good, he has to be a God of justice. He doesn't necessarily have to be a God of mercy, right? Um, but he has to be a God of justice and truth. And so God says, but I'm also a God of mercy. And so here's the deal. If we were to um, define those words, what is justice? Justice means giving someone what exactly what they deserve, whether good or bad. I'm giving you what you deserve. You know, if, um, you know, let's say, you know, you agreed to work for $5 an hour, I'm paying you exactly for the exact number of minutes you work. That's justice. That's fair. Now, on the other hand, um, mercy is not giving someone the punishment or judgment that they do deserve, right? It's like when the police officer lets you off with a warning, that's mercy. And so in a way, you could say that mercy is, is the opposite of justice. It's not giving somebody the justice that they do deserve uh, in, the, in the sense of judgment. And so the tension throughout the Old Testament is who will God turn out to be in the end? And what, what it's all, it's only fixed, this question, this tension is relieved in Jesus. Because in Jesus, the justice of God was satisfied because he took the judgment for our sins in death so that God could show mercy to you and me. And in that way, God can be both fully just and fully merciful at the same time. And what seemed like two things that were completely irreconcilable, we see that in Jesus they are reconciled in the most beautiful way that brings glory to God. And what's even greater is that Jesus is God. His name, Jesus, means Yahweh saves. It's God himself came to us in order to take the judgment that we deserved so that he could give us mercy, which we don't deserve. It's a really, really amazingly beautiful thing, but that's why Jesus had to die and God couldn't just say, okay, we're just going to pretend this never happened. Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that's great. That's really helpful. I'm, I would love if you, if you don't have one already, if you did one of those theology of the people for the people uh, on your blog, <laughs> I'm not pulling this, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that really does help. Yeah, maybe I will do an episode on that. Thanks. And that gives me an opportunity to tell people out there, I have a blog called Theology for the People. You can find it at uh, nickkady.org. That's N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. And I also have a podcast. 
And so that's a more recent development, but uh, I've got 30 episodes already and um, just been blown away by how many people listen to it. So check it out. Theology for the People podcast. Just put that in the search engine. It'll come right up. So, hey, thanks for reading and listening. And man, I love talking about this stuff. I'll give you a real quick, if you're looking for some good theology books, I'll tell you two favorites, okay? One is Wayne Grudem's Systematic Theology. It's very good, super solid. The other one is called um, Christian Theology by Alistair McGrath. Man, I love that one because it also goes into the history of the theology. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Rose in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Rose. Welcome to the program. Hi, uh, Pastor. Um, I was calling for prayer for my daughter, Jessica, her son, Tino, and the two uh, teenagers. Tino will be 20 next month. Uh, he's lost his job for the second time because of drinking. Mm. My daughter's kind of fallen back. He, an ex came back into her life, and for whatever reason, she is believing what he's telling her. I, you know, I don't know what it is, but she hasn't been going to church for the last two, three months. Uh, the two teenagers are kind of like in the middle of all this. I just need prayer for, for the whole family and for, and for financial because she is a single parent, and she's kind of struggling financially, too. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so Tino, is he your son? Remind me who Tino is. My daughter Jessica's oldest son, and he'll be 20 oh, okay. next month. Got it. That's your daughter. So that's your grandson. Okay, got it. Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lift up Rose's family to you, just hearing the heart of a mother and a grandmother wanting her kids to walk in truth wanting them to be financially secure, but also in a good place spiritually. And, um, and Lord, we know from your word and from experience how destructive sin is. So, Lord, we pray that you would bind the enemy in the ways that he wants to twist and, and lead these people astray. We pray, Lord, that you would redeem their lives, redeem them from the pit, not only take hold of their hearts to save their souls, but, Lord, also use their lives, that their lives would be used in a way that glorifies you and helps others. And so, Lord, we ask for your intervention in this family. We pray for financial um, provision. And Lord, we pray that you would, you would rescue them from these, these deeds that are leading them not only away from you, but into stuff that's just going to cause pain and hurt. So, Lord, we pray for that. We pray for Rose. Lord, keep her uh, encouraged and persevering in prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor, so much. Absolutely. God bless you, Have Rose. A good day. God bless right. you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening Bye-bye. to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I think we've got two open lines now, so the number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller, Kristen in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. So, I have a question. So, I started dating this guy, and he's actually a Muslim, and I'm a Christian. So, I know that my parents kind of always steered us in the direction of not doing that and kind of talked about being equally yoked. However, I feel that I found this verse, so I almost feel like the Bible is condoning to some point. Um, 
relationships that are um, between believers and non-believers. So I'll read you the verse. It's, it says, um, "I, but I say to the rest, if any brother has an unbelieving wife and she's willing to live with him, she may not divorce her. Also, if any woman has an unbelieving husband she's willing to, and he's willing to live with her, she must not divorce her husband. So can you kind of speak on that a little bit? Yeah, I just taught that section really recently. Um, I'm teaching through 1 Corinthians, and what you just read was from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verse 14. So, um, well, I'll give you the, the historical context for that. The context was this, that as the Corinthians, remember they had been pagans, that's actually what it says in chapter 1, until Paul came to them as a missionary, and he preached the gospel to them, and many of these people, from their pagan background, they became Christians. But in some cases, their spouses, you know, they, let's say they were already married, and then their spouse was like, well, I don't want to be a Christian. And so what you ended up with is these people who were married um, prior to hearing the gospel and being saved, and now they're in a situation where they're like, what do we do? And some people in the Corinthian church thought that it would be better for them to divorce their unbelieving spouse because they thought, oh, wouldn't it be better for me to be married to a Christian? And so, like, they're asking Paul, so, like, we should do this, right? Like, we should, we should divorce our unbelieving spouses and be married and then get remarried to a person who's a Christian, like maybe somebody from the church. And Paul's saying, hey, 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 you know, it's one thing if your unbelieving spouse is like, I don't want to be married to a Christian, so I'm out, and then you're, you're free. But if that's not the case, and what actually happens is like your spouse wants to continue being married, even though you're going to follow Jesus and they're not, then you should live with them because, you know, you took a vow for life. So the really important thing to understand is that he's speaking to people who are already married prior to becoming Christians, and then they find themselves in this situation. And we know that because of the context, but we also know it because in the next chapter, he makes, or in, sorry, in the next book, 2 Corinthians, which of course is like the sequel, right? He says, do not be uh, unequally yoked, right? So don't start a new relationship, romantic relationship, marriage relationship with somebody who's not a Christian. And he gives a good reason why to do that. Um, now, I'll just say this as a quick aside. If you look at the book of uh, Nehemiah, at the end of the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah encourages his own men who had intermarried with the surrounding people who were not Christians, or sorry, who were not you know Jews at that time, um, to to actually divorce their spouses. Right. So, so you can imagine somebody in Corinth as they start to read the Bible, they're like, "Hey, well, this thing happened in Nehemiah. Does that mean that we should divorce our?" unbelieving spouses so that we can be married to a Christian and have a beautiful Christian marriage that images the relationship between Christ and the church. And Paul's saying, well, no, if, if your unbelieving spouse will live with you, then live with them. And he says, because by doing that, you might even lead them to the Lord, right? He uses the terminology of sanctifying them. So that being said, Kristen, um, I'll tell you two things. One is kind of an explanation of that verse in 2 Corinthians. The other one is more anecdotal. But um, the first one is, yeah, so understanding that verse in 2 Corinthians, it's actually a really important picture that's painted there. And it, it's the, it, the picture is 
two oxen. Oxen are yoked together with a wooden yoke that, and the idea is that they pull a plow together, right? And so this is the picture he's painting. Two people bound together by um, a wooden yoke, moving in the same direction, plowing the same field. And he says to be unequally yoked would be, you know, let's say you're an ox and you're, um, or, you know, it doesn't matter which animal you are in the situation. I don't want to be disparaging towards anybody, but like, let's say you're yoked with a donkey. Well, a donkey's a lot smaller and a donkey, you know, has a different temperament. And the whole point is that that is going to cause two things. Number one, it's going to cause a lot of pain because the yoke's not going to fit well. And number two, it's going to cause a lot of frustration because you're not going to want to move in the same direction. Uh, you're going to be going in divergent paths if you're really, truly following Jesus. And so the idea is that you want to find somebody who is going the same direction, plowing the same field as you, and seeking Jesus together. That way you guys are actually going to be able to help each other in that process rather than hinder each other in some way. Now, I've known a lot of people who have done this, um, who have married people who are not Christians, and I will tell you without exception, I literally cannot think of one, and I, I really, probably hundreds of people I've, I've talked to through this, I can't think of one who years into the relationship said, I, um, who didn't say, I, I wish I hadn't done that. Because at this stage in your relationship, it's really easy to be like, hey, it's not a big deal. I go to church. He goes to the mosque or wherever he goes, um, you know, or maybe he's non-religious. And I do my thing. He does his thing. And then we're married and we're going to do the same thing. You know, on Sunday morning, I'm going to go to my place. On Friday, he's going to go to his place. And then we'll come back together and we'll do fun things. And we'll go outside together and we'll have fun together. It starts to get super complicated when you have kids. And then um, it gets more complicated as life goes on and as you hit big milestones. And the fact is just that um, it will really, it's not impossible to follow Jesus married to somebody who is not a Christian. It just makes it harder. There's just so much more pain and frustration. There are things, if you love Jesus, right, you want to share that, that joy and love that you have with that person, and you're just simply not going to be able to. And, um, Furthermore, here's one more, one more anecdote I'll share with you that I used to work with a lot of uh, Muslim people. Now, these are Muslims from Asia, so it might be different with Muslims from Western countries. But the Muslims I worked with from Asia, a lot of times they would marry. So I, I lived in Hungary in Europe, and so we had a lot of um, Muslim refugees and Muslim immigrants from Iran, Afghanistan, and really beautiful, wonderful people. I have a lot of friends from there who are still Muslim. And, um, but here's the thing that they would often do is that they would get married. And once they were married, then it was almost like the rules changed in the way that they related to their, you know, it was one way that they related to a girlfriend, but now it's a spouse. And in that culture, especially for Asian Muslims, uh, in that culture, something changed once they were married that the uh, girlfriend hadn't expected. So, that's just my experience. May not be the case, but I think the biblical principle remains true. Thank you. That helps. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, let me let me pray for you as you go. So, Heavenly Father, I ask for Kristen. Give her wisdom. Give her strength. Show her your way. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for calling in.
All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air today. Before we go to our next caller, I wanted to tell you briefly, I told this at the beginning of the show, but I realize it's, it's kind of a long show, so some of you might have joined us since then or might have just tuned in. This Sunday at the church that I pastor, we have a great guest speaker, and I would love for everybody who can to join us for this special event at our church this Sunday, November 14th, because uh, the speaker, his name is Dominic Doan. It's spelled D-O-N-E. And uh, Dominic wrote a book called um, When Faith Fails, Finding God in the Shadow of Doubt. And it's a really fabulous book. It really deals with the fact that most Christians struggle with doubts. We doubt um, whether God exists. I know what I have even as a Christian, even as a pastor. Um, I've doubted whether God's promises are true. I've doubted whether I can really trust the Bible. I've had those nagging doubts in my mind at times. Now, I've, I've found a way to work through them, but how do we do that? And what are the answers that help us work through that? Furthermore, a really big thing right now, popular thing going on in our culture is that people talk about deconstructing their faith. So how do we help people who are in this process of deconstruction. What should we tell them? Is it good? Is it bad to deconstruct? What if you deconstruct and you never put it back together? How do we help people in these situations? How do we help you if you are in this situation yourself? How do you get equipped so you can help other people work through their doubts? That's what this is all about this coming Sunday. We have three services. I'd love for you to join us, 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. at Whitefields Community Church. You can find us online, get directions there. Our website will have our uh, address and everything, or you can just Google us, Whitefields Community Church, um, and the website is whitefieldschurch.com, whitefieldschurch.com, and our address, if any of you have the opportunity to write it down, is 2950 Colorful Avenue, so 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, Colorado. Again, services at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11, Dominic Doan, a pastor and author of When Faith Fails, Finding God in the Shadow of Doubt. He'll be with us this Sunday. would love for you to join us for that special event. Let's go to our next caller, Dustin in Decono. Hi, Dustin. Welcome to the program. Uh, hello. Hi, uh, Pastor Nick. How are you doing? Doing great, Dustin. How are you? Um, I have been doing pretty good. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you, guys. I uh, just a bit, had a couple things on my mind lately. I've been kind of you know, teetering about calling about, I had uh, some kind of qu questions for a while. Um, I know I might, I don't want to take too much time, but so um, just kind of a, it's kind of like a two-part thing. Uh, like, I guess kind of like God's view on technology. Mm -hmm. Like um, technology is like a big thing in our society now, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it's kind of like runs, uh, almost everything. And I was just wondering, do you, I guess the two-part question is kind of like a prophetic thing, considering um, like the end times. Uh, do you think that, I know this is just kind of an odd question, but do you think that God is like happy with the technology, the way we use it? Or do you feel like he kind of sees it as like a sort of like a witchcraft mm. kind of thing? Yeah, good question. So I, I would say this about technology. Um, so to answer your question, I do not think that God would view it as witchcraft, but here's the thing about it. So, you know, 
Paul says in First Corinthians, or sorry, in Romans chapter fourteen, he says there is nothing unto itself which is sin. In other words, if I were to ask you, hey, is money good or bad? Well, uh, that's not a question I can answer. It's it's money is not good or bad. It's what you do with money that's good or bad, right? Do you love people and use money, or do you use people and love money? Um, do you use money for things that benefit the kingdom of God, or do you use them for things which don't? Um, do you use them for sin, or do you use them for God's glory? Does God like knives? Um, well, it depends what you do with the knife. If you're cutting bread to feed your children, he probably likes that. If you're cutting people, then he doesn't like that, right? And so I would say the same can be true of technology, that um, what does God think of technology? I would say that it's a tool. And man, I tell you what, if the Apostle Paul was here today, if Martin Luther was here today, if these people were here today, you know what they'd be doing? They would be leveraging this technology like nobody's business. And that's, personally, that's my approach, is like um, the whole world is online. And so I want to be where the people are at. You know, I want to be uh, creating content to help people grow in their faith, to help them encounter Jesus. So that's why I have a blog. That's why I have a podcast. That's why I do as much online ministry, you know, as I can without being a detriment to the in-person ministry that I'm called to do. But um, I, I would just say, like, it matters what you do with it. Now, one important uh, asterisk that I would add to that is this. I do believe that it's not just that we use technology, but that technology is shaping us. It is changing us, and not always in good ways. And so we need to make sure that the number one influence in our life is Jesus, and we never allow technology to shape us in a way that would not be in accordance with the way of Jesus. So we need to be really careful with it. Like, it's not neutral in the sense, like, it will affect us. Um, and it can, we can use it for good, but we don't want it to begin to overwhelm our lives. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I just, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things in, maybe it'd be a good discussion to talk in person with somebody, whether you or somebody, you know, just, sure. you know, that they, uh, they uh, successfully, you know, they cloned an animal a while ago and they, you know, they do all these, uh, you know, it just kind of makes you wonder, I guess, uh, you know, where we're heading. And like you said, we got to be careful, you know, I think. Well, I, I see, Dustin, you had a follow-up question here about Revelation 13. Like, does technology play a part in the mark of the beast in the future? Um, I think the answer is yes. I think actually probably technology does play a big part in the mark of the beast that is to come because, right, this idea that you can't buy or sell without it. I don't know what that will be or how it will play out, but I do know this. Like, when people get really worried about the mark of the beast, what I always remind them of is that, yes, Revelation 13 talks about the mark of the beast, but don't forget that Revelation 14 talks about the mark of the lamb. And so it's going to be a one or the other type of deal. It's not going to be something that sneaks up on you that you're going to take on accident or, um, you know, like, like, oops, I didn't mean to, but I accidentally did. Um, rather, there will be a choice between the mark of the Lamb, which is about worship and fidelity to Jesus, and the mark of the beast, which is about um, turning your back on Jesus, rejection of Jesus, and 
essentially worshiping the beast. So it's not something that you need to worry will happen um, on accident to you. Furthermore, uh, depending on your theology of the end times, and I know what mine is, um, I don't plan to be here at that time, right? I, I believe that God's going to remove his saints before he brings judgment upon the world. And so uh, will technology have a part to play in it? I think it will. I have to let you go because I have a follow-up question to that in the text that I want to get to. But Dustin, love you, man. Thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Hey, um, the question that I wanted to follow up on was somebody asked me, um, at the time of the bowls of wrath in the book of Revelation, are all the tribulation saints no longer alive on earth? The answer to that question is, um, key. the key is understanding what are the tribulation saints. The tribulation saints are those who will be saved during the tribulation. And yes, they will be on earth during that time of the bowls of wrath. But those who were saved prior to the tribulation will have been raptured out of the earth at that time. And 60 seconds left in our show. One last question. Someone texted in. Hi, Pastor Nick. I've heard pastors say that the re re song of redemption in Revelation 5 is something we need to learn so we'll be able to sing it for eternity. But how can we sing it if pastors read from different versions of the Bible, like New King James, NIV, uh, ESV. The answer to your question is that that song of redemption will be sung in every tongue and we'll have plenty of time to learn it when we're, we're there. I don't think that that's a concern that we need to have. Hey, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling. Again, my name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Like I mentioned earlier, great guest speaker this Sunday. would love to have you. Check us out online for directions and service times, whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com. And I'll be with you again next Friday for Calvary Live. God bless you. Have a safe drive home and a great weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.